Death has come to your little town, Sheriff. Have you ever felt a knife cut through human flesh and scrape the bone beneath? You're gonna need a bigger boat. Be my victim. Hello, my name is Austin Torres, and welcome to the Would You Die podcast, the show where we talk about our favorite horror monsters and villains. Today, I'm doing something a little different because I spent the last week getting some really awesome interviews, and I had some really amazing conversations, and they were all like over two hours long, and I did not give myself nearly enough time last week to edit any of them. And since I don't want to half-ass editing um, an interview with these amazing people, because that's not fair to them, that's not fair to you, and that's a lot of stress I don't need to go through, I'm going to do a quick solo episode for y'all. An easy-peasy one that isn't going to be super stressful on editing, and then I can do a really good job on editing the next couple of interviews because they're pretty awesome. I had such a good time recording them. but. Yeah, I don't want to present them in a crappy way. Like I said, that'd be a disservice to you. It'd be a disservice to my guests. And that's just not a good thing now, is it? Besides, I've done 20-something straight interviews in a row, which I think is really crazy. It's been a lot of fun, and I hope you guys are having as much fun on listening as I have talking. It's funny because when I was first planning the podcast, I thought I would do have to do like one solo episode a month while I struggled to find guests. Nope, that has not been the case. I've been super lucky that I've been able to find a bunch of really awesome people who like talking about horror. And that's great because I like talking about horror. So the fact that this is my first solo episode since the introduction, yeah, since the first week, I think I'm doing pretty good. And it's not for lack of finding people that I've been very lucky in that regard that I found some really awesome people. It's just the way I scheduled it. <laughs> editing was going to be a nightmare. So I'm doing myself a favor and I think everyone's going to be better off for it. So today I thought it would be fun to kind of reflect on the first half of the year on the horror movies that came out and let you know like quickly what I thought of the different films. I think it's been a really fun year so far, especially for horror. And so far, I've seen 10 horror films. Really, well, let me rephrase. 10 horror films that came out this year, which is kind of low, but I, I'm sure I'll beef up those numbers. I'll get my shit together. So the first film is, so the first film I want to talk about is Radio Silence's Scream. I loved it. This film was right up my alley, and it's, funny because I was very, very hesitant when I found out they were making a new Scream movie. I am a huge fan of Wes Craven, and it's it's one thing if they want to make a new Nightmare on Elm Street film. That That's a franchise that has seen a bunch of movies without Wes's involvement, but Scream is like, that's Wes's baby. He did all four, so for them to make a fifth film after his death, it just 
really rubbed me the wrong way at first. And then and then they hired Radio Silence. And that's when I started to really think, oh, I think these guys can pull it off. I loved Ready or Not, which has some scream traits, I would say. But Ready or Not is a fantastic film. And I saw that they were bringing back Kevin Williamson as like a consultant. So that was a really good sign. And when they announced that they were bringing back Nev Campbell and David Arquette and Courtney Cox, I knew that all three of them, especially Nev Campbell, the fact that all three of them were on board meant that these guys were were going to make a scream movie, you know, like they were going to take to heart Wes's legacy, but try and make something new, too. And I thought that the final film reflected that it was a love letter, not just to scream, but to Wes Craven and what he did for all of us horror fans. And yet it tried to continue what scream is, which is a playful satire on what horror is doing now. And I thought Scream had some really fun ideas about the requel trend, poking fun at like Star Wars, The Last Jedi and Jurassic World and Halloween 2018. And then also kind of poking fun at the elevator horror trend going on. So I'm excited for the next Scream. I love the new characters. I thought Mason Gooding was a standout. I, I think he's great as Chad. And I, I just I love the Carpenters sisters. Latino women all day. I love it. As someone who was raised by strong Latino women, as someone who is raised by strong Latino women, I I just have a soft spot for seeing strong Latino women on screen. It's awesome. I think it's great. So the new Scream, that that was an instant five star for me. And I, I love it. I've seen it quite a few times already. I still like the original more, but hey, this this one was a really good time. So the next movie I saw was the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which came out on Netflix. And that was fine. I remember on Twitter, people like were really hating on it. I'm not a huge Texas Chainsaw Massacre fan, so maybe I don't get it. I thought it was a fine slasher. It wasn't a great Texas Chainsaw movie. That being said, I also don't really care about that franchise. I love the original. I think the original is a masterpiece. And then I'm, I'm just not a big fan after that. I think two's good. I like the remake. I don't really, I don't know, they're fine. Some of them are bad, but whatever. It's just a franchise that I don't really get excited about. So watching the new one, I guess if you are a fan of the franchise, I could see why you don't like this one, but... I thought it was a competent slasher. Made me laugh at a lot of parts. I really, so I enjoyed it. I thought the gore was great. I thought it lived up to its name and there were good things about it. There were bad things about it too. They kind of turned Leatherface into more of a Jason Voorhees type and there's no family aspect really. So it's not great by any means. Might be my least favorite film on this list, but I didn't hate it. So I think we're off to a good start for the year because that's my low. If Scream is my high and spoiler alert, there's a film I liked more than a horror film I liked more than Scream and Texas Chainsaw is the low, then I think it's a pretty good year already. So after that, I saw Fresh starring Sebastian Stan and Daisy Edgar Jones. 
and that was on Hulu. And Fresh was pretty good. I don't want to say too much because I think that one is better off if you go in blind. But it's pretty gnarly. Um, I think the act, the acting was really good. I mean, Sebastian stands in it. The acting is going to be great. And I thought it was clever. I guess you could say it was fresh. <laughs> I'm sure like thousands of people made that joke already. But yeah, I, I, I dug that one. And then after that, it came out earlier in the year, but I saw it a little later. And that is the Foo Fighters Studio 666 film. And that was fun. It wasn't like my favorite movie. But that being said, I really enjoyed about it was you can tell that the band members were just having the time of their lives making a movie together and their enthusiasm just just comes through and even if some of the other aspects of the filmmaking aren't as great they're having so much fun that i didn't really care i had i had so much fun with them so it's not gonna be a film i'm gonna put as like the top 10 of anything or anything like that but i had a good time it feels like a crack open a cold one with the boys type of movie to sit back relax and enjoy some great gore and some fun laughs after that, I saw Ty West's X, and you can hear a lot more of my thoughts on X. Uh, a few episodes ago, I did an episode on X with Gory Corey, and that was a fun, fun conversation. But yeah, X is crazy. I loved that movie. I've never seen a Ty West film before that, and he really, really impressed me. Jenna Ortega was great in it. She was also in Scream. She was also in Studio 666. So it's the year of Jenna Ortega. The dad from The Ring is in it. He's awesome. Brittany Snow is a standout. She is awesome. And it's just a, oh, I can't forget about Mia Goth. Like, <laughs> but yeah, if you want to know more of my thoughts on X, I would listen to that episode. I don't want to spoil X. Same thing with Fresh. If you haven't seen it already, it's better to go in blind. So you're like, what the fuck? I mean, that's always a fun time. So the next film on the list is kind of a stretch, but I'm going to count it because it's my podcast. I do what I want. And it's Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. So this one's a bit of a, it's definitely more of a superhero film than it is in horror, but you don't see those two genres combining too often. And Sam Raimi really had some fun on this one. I've been all right on the Marvel films recently. I'm, I love Marvel. I'm a huge Marvel fan. But I feel like the more recent films have... I thought Phase 3 was a banger. All killer, no filler. And Phase 4 has been fine. Like, it's been Phase 2, Phase 1 level, whatever. There's been some clunkers. I don't feel like trash in any films. But there hasn't been a phase four film where I was like, yeah, this is amazing. I really liked Shang-Chi. I guess that would be my favorite before this one. But Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness was right up my alley. It's just brimming with Sam Raimi style. It just feels like a Sam Raimi movie. I think I tweeted earlier in the year. It's like Evil Dead for kids or Evil Dead 2 for kids. And I think I still think that's a good comparison I mean, you basically have the Book of the Dead in Doctor Strange. You have a Bruce Campbell cameo. 
he beats himself up with his hand like <laughs> a lot of parallels with the scarlet witch they had some carry vibes some uh, samara vibes so i enjoyed a lot of the horror nods in addition to the comic book nods it's just a film i really enjoyed i enjoyed the style and i thought danny elfman did an amazing job it was right up my alley as far as it being a horror film there are horror films i liked more than it but it, it, right now it's my favorite marvel film since endgame the next horror film which is also another stretch because it's a lot of other ones other genres as well but jurassic world dominion now me personally i think the jurassic world movies are more action than they are horror they still have some horror scenes but they're not horror in the same way that the original jurassic park is or even the lost world that being said i'll include jurassic world in terms of my podcast there's still big dinosaurs eating people so good enough for me the movie was not great i think I think it was better than the new Texas Chainsaw. And I definitely think a lot of people overreacted with how bad it was. That being said, I don't think it was good. I feel like this movie was okay. Definitely some things I would have done differently. And there's a lot of issues, but did a lot of stuff I liked. I liked the chase, the raptor chase in uh, Malta. Thought that was great. I mean, it's always a good time seeing Rexy on screen. It just kind of felt like Jurassic World Dominion could have been a lot better, sure. And it is one of the weaker Jurassic Park films, in my opinion. But I don't think it's the worst of the year. I would still put, I still, I think it was better than Chainsaw and better than a couple other movies I've seen. It wasn't good, but whatever. It's not like I haven't seen a bad Jurassic Park movie before. And I'm sure... I'll see it again here and there. It'd be a good like background movie while you're cleaning or working out or something like how I do some of the Predator movies or some of the Halloween films. So if you're comparing it to the original Jurassic Park, it's going to suck. But if you compare like 99% of movies to the original Jurassic Park, it's going to suck. <laughs> um, after that, I saw David Cronenberg's Crimes of the Future. And that was a weird movie. I still don't know how I feel about it. Not like I forgot some of it, to be perfectly honest. I thought it was good. I don't think I'll see it again. I didn't hate it or anything. I just like I saw it. I enjoyed it for what it was. And I went on. So it's not like the fly where I think it was like awesome. But um, there's some gnarly stuff in Crimes of the Future. I thought Viggo Mortensen was really, really good. And Chris, Kristen Stewart's just an amazing actress. And she plays like this, like really awkward girl. And for whatever reason, was my favorite character. Yeah, Crimes of the Future was a movie. I don't have too much to say about it. Yeah, it was fine. The Black Phone was next up for me. And I loved The Black Phone. I didn't think it was particularly scary. It felt more like a Stephen King, like it kind of horror where, yeah, it's scary, but you're more invested in the drama of the characters. At least I was. The horror elements, and it is a horror movie for sure, but the horror elements didn't work as much for me as the dramatic elements did. And 
it's a really, really good movie. But if you're going in trying to be scared, like if you're going in like it's going to be sinister, I think it's a completely different film than sinister, even though it's Ethan Hawke and Scott Derrickson and C. Robert Cargill, like the pretty much the same team as sinister. And uh, the guy who plays a sheriff in Sinister comes back and he's great. It's like so different from Sinister. But yeah, the black phone's really great. I loved I love the main characters and I love the supporting characters. The villain was creepy and there's a lot going for it. And when the horror elements do get to shine, they shine. There is a jump scare that I think rivals the top jump scares like there's a jump scare in the black phone that will join the conversation of greatest jump scare ever like sinister or insidious or jaws or alien or the exorcist or the exorcist three like it it has an all-timer jump scare my mom jumped 15 feet in the air when it happened and then i jumped because she jumped (laughs) But the black phone was really awesome. I can't wait to buy it when it comes out on uh, 4K. And then the last horror film that came out this year that I saw was Jordan Peele's Nope. And at the moment, that is my favorite horror film. It just edges out Scream for me. And I think it's because Scream's one of my favorite franchises. But Nope is like the return of the summer blockbuster. And... It's Jordan Peele doing it, and it's just so good. Nope, just person like me personally checks off so many of my random boxes that I love, and I don't want to spoil too much about Nope. It's just things that I love about movies are all present in Nope. I was like, yeah, it's it was good when I saw it. And I was still kind of thinking about it. So I had to think about it a bit more and I kind of slept on it. And I was thinking about it at work the next day. I'm like, no, no, I really, really like this movie. So I forced my mom to go see it with me um, that weekend, Saturday morning. And after that, I was like, oh, no, I love that movie. And I, I saw it a third time and I kind of want to see it a fourth time. But it's a it's a film I really enjoy. So, yeah, Nope is. uh right up my alley. In addition to those horror films, I just wanted to mention some horror films that I watched for the first time this year. They're not 2022 releases, but I watched them for the first first time this year. And new horror films for me are Spiral from the Book of Saw. Fun fact, I've only seen the first Saw and Spiral. I've not seen any of the movies in between. So I got to I got to get on that. Then Gremlins 2, the new batch, which is weird because I grew up with the original Gremlins and I've seen that movie like a hundred times. And for the longest and I just found out last year that there was a sequel to Gremlins. Somehow it flew over my radar, like are under my radar. And I just never knew. So I fixed that mistake this year and it was awesome. Gremlins 2 rocks. Then I watched uh, two Gigi Saul Guerrero films, Bingo Hell and Culture Shock. I watched some films on Shudder, Dawn of the Beast, Vicious Fun. Vicious Fun is uh, pun not intended. Ah, fuck it. I'm pun intended. A lot of fun. I saw Dark Man. 
Uh, no, I'm, not, I'm not sure if that's quite a horror film. If I'm going to count Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, I'll count Darkman. I mean, they're both Sam Raimi, so why not? I watched Cursed, Wes Craven, Kevin Williamson, Werewolf film. I watched The Dead Zone. I realized that I haven't seen too many Cronenberg. I think it's just The Fly, The Dead Zone, and now Crimes of the Future that I've seen. So I got a lot more Cronenberg to catch up on. I watched The Craft for the first time. Nev Campbell, Skeet Ulrich, which, you know, the dream team from Scream, the Scream Dream Team, the Scream Dreams Team, the Scream Team. Um, The lead in that film, I don't know how to say her name, but she's great. She's in um, the Adam Sandler movie, Waterboy. But yeah, she's really good in this movie. I thought The Craft was really good. Watch this film called Black Friday that has Devin Sawa, Ivana Bakiro, and Bruce Campbell. And I thought Black Friday was a lot of fun. Like if you worked retail, this film gets it. So that's where the horror really shines. But yeah, Black Friday was a lot of fun. I watched Piranha for the first time. I thought I seen it. And then uh, the Joe Dante 1978 film. I thought I seen it and I was watching it and I'm like, oh, I've never seen this movie in my life. Anyways, Piranha was great. And then this past week, so tying into I Know What Austin watched last week, which I started a few episodes ago, I watched Ty West's The House of the Devil and John Carpenter's In the Mouth of Madness. And on the Ty West film, The House of the Devil, that stars uh, Jocelyn Donahue, Greta Gerwig, D. Wallace has a cameo, and it it's a good movie. I like X a lot more, but The House of the Devil's really a slow burn type of film. And I'll admit, I was kind of like my mind was wandering in the second act. So when shit goes down in the third act, and I mean shit goes down, I was really confused. So I had to rewind it because I stopped paying attention because I, I like I, my mind was wandering. But yeah, it was good. When shit goes down the third act, though, it, it really do go down. I was like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. What am I watching now? So very, very 70s vibes, I felt. And I thought that aspect of it was great for me personally, when it was trying to ratchet up tension, I felt it went on a bit too long to the point where I stopped feeling tense and I started feeling bored, but that could have just been me being distracted. So I'm going to give the film the benefit of the doubt that maybe I wasn't in the right mental space, but it's a good movie. Not one I'll revisit soon, if I'm being honest. And then John Carpenter's In the Mouth of Madness. Awesome. That movie was really, really, uh, like, first off, John Carpenter, Sam Neill. I never knew that they collaborated and I needed to write this wrong of me never seeing it. And so I did. And it was an existential. <laughs> oh, wow. In the Mouth of Madness really tapped into fears I didn't know I had is how how I'm going to describe it. Like the existential stuff is pretty good and I'm going to be thinking about it for a bit. But dude, it just 
perfectly captures what it's like driving on a highway at night and how scary that is. And now I'm like, this is why I try to drive in the daytime. Don't like driving in the nighttime. There, there's some scares I have to do with that. And it's really, really good. And he makes you think. And it, I, I really enjoyed it. I kind of want to watch it again. <laughs> there's, there's some fun horror there. And some upcoming horror films I'm looking forward to. Obviously, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know, pray, pray. I'm a huge Predator fan, and I, I'm so, I'm still bummed. I'm still bummed that I can't see it in theaters, but I, I'm just so excited for the new Predator movie. I love Predator. Predator is like pizza. Even when it's bad, it's good. And this one looks like it could be like actual good. So I'm excited. And if it's bad, oh, well, it's a Predator movie. I'm going to love it. So I'm, I'm really excited for Prey. And then we got more Michael Myers coming. Halloween ends. Whoop, whoop. I love Michael Myers. So that's going to be exciting. There's a film called Beast coming out. And that's Idris Elba versus a lion. That is right up my alley. There's a new Evil Dead film called Evil Dead Rise. I don't know too much about it. I just know I'm going to see it and I'm going to love it. And then there's some films coming out kind of soon. I think they come out the same day as Prey, so I'm not going to get to them right away. I'm going to be too busy watching Prey nonstop. But Bodies, 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 and They Slash Them are on my radar, and they look really cool. So I'm excited to see them. I'm sure there are other horror films coming out that I can't think of at the moment because my mind is so blinded by Predator. <laughs> but um, what do y'all think? What are some films you guys are looking forward to? What is what are horror films I'm missing? I There's a bunch I need to catch up on. So let me know what you guys think. As always, you can find the show social media on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Would You Die Show. You can find the Would You Die YouTube show on the Three Wise Men Media YouTube channel, where you can find professional wrestling, trailer reviews, and much, much more. I also realized I never explained that YouTube show. Uh, starting in 2019 and going up until October 2021, I did a monthly YouTube show called, also called Would You Die, where every month I would take a different horror villain and I would... It's kind of like this podcast, but more like me hosting and like, let, let's take Predator, for example. I have a 10 minute video on Predator. I talk about the behind the scenes creation of the Predator, who played the Predator, talking about a little bit about the making of the first film, about Stan Winston, who is very integral to the Predator's creature design. Well, he designed the creature. Um, so yeah, very integral. And I talk about kind of like the in-universe history of the Predator. Then I go over the different ways the Predator can kill you and the different ways you could kill the Predator or Freddy Krueger or Michael Myers or the Xenomorph or the Thing or Samara or the Tyrannosaurus Rex or Jaws. Like I did 19 episodes and I started, my last episode was Freddy Krueger. And I think that one's my, I worked really hard on that one. I worked hard on all of them, but that one I'm especially proud of. And I just kind of felt 
burnt out from doing that show and I wanted to keep my brand and try something different and that's so I turned it into initially the idea was to have a complimentary podcast but I just love doing this podcast so much and I enjoy it so much more that I haven't I haven't really had the urge to go back to the YouTube show. So it's 19 episodes and I think it's going to stay that way for a while. When I have the urge to do one, I'll do it. As of right now, I'm very content just um, doing this podcast. I I love doing this podcast and I hope you guys enjoy it too. The music you hear in the beginning and end of each episode is composed by my friend Josie Palmer. Next week, it's back to the normal format a very very large episode my next guest and i had such a fun conversation we talked about our top 10 horror films and we talked about the horror icon that never sleeps if you know you know until then i'm austin torres try not to die